With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football, presented by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton. Guys, tell us where you're checking in from, what you're doing this morning. What is it, Bobby? What did you say? (laughs) Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. (laughs) And then... uh, Tell us what you're drinking, where, where you're uh, checking in from. All that I'll, get start, I'll get a start of coffee and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I, I thought I thought I was – did you throw that on the floor last night, Jerry? Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Did you, pick it up, did you pick it up or a little shot of fireball from the arena floor? Hey, look, man, I, I, I got to say, I, I, I don't think I could love a player more than uh, – on a team more than Brock Cunningham. He just totally deserved the flagrant too, and and to get bounced from the game. But but let me tell you something: Texas got their ass kicked in in in, in Lawrence Saturday, and they absolutely had to respond. Now Tech was down a, a key player, but who cares? Texas has been down a key player earlier this year. Kansas has been down McCuller. Look, Kansas without McCuller went to Tech and lost by thirty. So. You're, you're going to be down players at different times. I mean, what would Texas record be with DeSue right now if he played all season? So, but look, Brock Cunningham does everything it takes to impact winning on the court, off the court. And Kendall Weaver is about the same guy. Kendall Weaver, and I said this when Kendall was recruited to Texas, um, and I watched him and I studied him. He has got all the same traits that Jabari Rice, Sir Jabari Rice, and Roshan Johnson have. He's a different player. He's a total freak show athlete. He may be the best athlete on, on the 40 acres, by the way, in the, men, in the men's major sports. He's that athletic of a human being. But he has all those same attributes. And that was the game that they needed all those attributes from Brock from Kendall Weaver. They put they brought Kendall off the bench, which I thought was it was a good move. IT Horton starts, but Kendall Weaver and Brock bring all that energy off the bench, uh, especially defensively. Uh but it, that was a huge win. I mean, Texas definitely in the tournament unless they lose the last three games of the regular season, which they should not do. You have Oklahoma State at home Saturday, who's playing better. Then you're at Baylor for Big Monday, then you have Oklahoma at home. Uh, so, so the real I just posted a story on te- uh, on TexasFootball.com, kind of a look at um, the scenarios for Texas. But uh, that was a huge win. And I just got to say this about Texas Tech, Bobby. I know you want to rant a little bit on this as well, but it the Texas Texas Tech stuff. It's always been there, but it really got amped up when Chris Beard left Tech to go to Texas. Okay, that amped up the whole thing. Because Chris Beard got Texas Tech to a national championship in basketball, which had never been done, which may never be done again. Um, a shot away from winning it in regulation. 
And so he leaves to go to Texas, and that got it amped up in Lubbock, okay? I think any Texas fan knows that, that just was followed it. But then Joey McGuire beat Texas last year, and, and I love Joey. I was just at Cedar Hill. I saw the pictures of him, the state championships. But then he started running it a little bit, and that got it amped up a little more, right? Yeah. And then Texas beats Texas Tech in – the 57-7, as bad as you can beat somebody, unless your name's Dennis Francione and Bob Stoops took a knee in the third quarter against you at 77 nothing in Norman. <laughs> That's the only time in a Power 5 game there's a worse butt kicking than what Texas dished out to Joey McGuire right after the, the, the game after the year after all the smack talk, after the win in Lubbock. And there were comments on social media from the recruiting guys that we run this state stuff when Micah Hudson committed. It was all the same. It's all the same buildup right there. They're kind of energizing that tech fan base. And then Texas smacks them down in football 57-7. Then last night, I mean, look, <laughs> players are passing out pizzas the day before in the Lubbock. I mean, the, the Lubbock fan base was in a frenzy for this game. And it's a great home court environment. Um, obviously their big one did not play, so that did not help. But then Texas, I mean, that game was 12 points, but it really, if you watched it, it felt like 25 the whole time, essentially, once Texas really got out on them. Um, but the Texas Tech fan base, the way they act, um, you know, I love the passion. I love the energy, but last night's just dumb. I mean, that's just, that's just, you know, it's typical. Um, and that was dumb, but I got to tell you, uh, it, 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 this thing really started getting amped up when Beard went to Texas. And then when Joey in his year one beat Texas up in Lubbock, it really got amped up at that point. And that made last night pretty sweet for the uh, Texas basketball guys. I mean, I'm, I'm quite sure uh, Brock uh, Cunningham loved uh, getting escorted off that court after he got uh, ejected. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to say this. I mean, first of all, 81 69 victory for the Longhorns last night in Lubbock. They moved to 18 and 10 on the season. To Jerry's point, they now have five quad one wins. Uh, so the Longhorns are comfortably in the NCAA tournament, barring a late season collapse. If they lose all three in the regular season, that would push them out. Yep. I don't, that won't happen. Yep. But I, I want to go back. I want to yeah. go back to what you were talking about, Jerry, about when the 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 vitriol between Texas and Texas Tech uh, really got pumped up. Uh, and my point uh, and thought process was, yes, Chris Beard to Austin was a big one. How about Texas to the SEC and leaving Texas Tech behind? Yeah. Okay. Texas Tech thought they were going to ride coattails forever with Texas in a big conference. Then they had to go go deal on their own. Then Kirby Hocutt, uh, you can say what you want about Joey McGuire, but Kirby Hocutt, the, the AD at Texas Tech is he brings it on himself uh, each and every way he can. Says that they've got they're talking about a twenty year deal of home and home, and Chris Del Conte is like, "What are you even talking about?" You're like, and you know, it becomes obvious they're not going to do that, and so all of that added together, and then the way their fans act, whether it's, I mean, look, throwing stuff on the field is just not okay. I mean, you may see that once a season at Texas, and it's a water bottle in the end zone or something, but you're not going to see it. You're not going to see tortillas fly every single game, a home game for no reason. And so when they're throwing bottles of water out on a basketball court or bottles of liquor, 
little, those little, uh, you know, uh, small bottles, uh, <laughs> airplane bottles. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous and classless. And frankly, uh, you know, some of it they bring on themselves uh, with their administration and leadership. Well, and then I'm there was, well, then we forgot another important piece, Brett, your mark. Oh yeah. In love. Well, that amps it up even more. Their leadership brings it on themselves a little bit. Yes. Is, is my, my takeaway. Hey, uh, speaking of West Texas. Okay. Uh, we oh. have, I'd be remiss. I mean, geez, the photo, if you have not seen the photos, Blake, you're, you're in semi West Texas out in Com- Comanche. But yeah. the panhandle right now is just under siege. Um, look at some of these. Some of these videos are just heartbreaking and heart-wrenching. This is from the Greenville Fire and Rescue. 800 square miles. And we have someone that checks in almost every morning from Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. From Canadian, Texas. Canadian a town of 5,000 people was evacuated yesterday. The entire town evacuated there is a nuclear facility in uh, the panhandle that has been evacuated okay that's that's the aerial of the panhandle last night 800 square miles okay according to blake who i was talking about this this morning zero percent controlled zero percent controlled day two of this um not Second, Blake, would you say second worst fire ever in, in yeah. state history? Second this largest the, fire. Where, where's this one from, uh, Blake? So this is my buddy's house in Borger. Uh, he sent this yesterday, and I'll, I'm going to turn the volume up just so y'all can hear what the people in Canadian and Borger heard yesterday afternoon. Whoop. That's the sirens telling them it's time to get out. And so they were evacuated. Uh, I think the wind for the people in Borger, from my understanding, the winds kind of played in their favor. Uh, so they are a little bit better now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a scary deal there. And, you know, we were talking before they said you can take the city of San Antonio, put it in the fire and the fire is still bigger than the city of San Antonio. Oh, my God. Wow. So insane to put it in perspective. Uh, what, like by the way, Colton had a uh, he works at the nuclear facility and said they're OK. Oh, there you go. But they are they are evacuated. They are evacuated, right, Colton? Yeah. Uh, it was precautionary. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm glad. I'm. That's scary stuff, dude. Scary, yeah, scary no stuff. I hope, uh, hope and then we have another guy on here, guys. Christopher Lyons, who's on every morning with us. He says, "Hook him from Shamrock. Nice, peaceful morning after being evacuated from wildfire danger. It's missed us so far. Let's talk some football." Hey, right. hey, hey, Michael, Michael Golden 822 checking in from Paris, Texas. I know we've had a Paris, Texas before, but I don't know. That struck me for some reason this morning because, Bobby, I, I ran in, like I told you, I ran into Alan Wilson, former uh, then John Tyler head coach, uh, uh, Monday at North Crowley. And he, he was at Paris before uh, John Tyler, one of the uh, best coaches to talk to. Uh, I've just ever had a conversation with. It was so much fun, but. Um, yeah, I just, Paris just struck me. All right, let's talk football. Let's, 20 yeah. days spring football. Is that right? Yeah. Who's that with the running the ball right there? <laughs> who, who is that mystery man? Earl Campbell, <laughs> the Tyler Rose, of course. Look, look if, there was, if there was ever a, a football player that the power pads were made for, it was Earl Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't play in those little pads that barely cover your shoulders these days. That's not how he would uh, carry a football. I guarantee you. My dad said that he didn't need thigh pads. <laughs> he was <laughs> thigh pads. <laughs> he had thigh, he had he had naturally grown thigh pads. Uh, so there's a uh, it's it's one of those things. Twenty days away, uh, Jerry. You had some re- recruiting notes and news that broke a little bit yesterday. A guy that you've been following quite closely because of uh, his interest in the Longhorns and Texas's reciprocal reciprocal interest in him. Cade Phillips out of Missouri City, the defensive back. Yeah, so uh, Blake, while I'm talking about Kate, if you can look up Hightower track and field, we can bring up a video. Or actually, I retweeted it yesterday. If you look at my Twitter, Cade Phillips, uh, 6'1 and a half, 178, 180 pounds. Guys, 80 inch wingspan. For those that aren't into heights and wingspans, 80 inch wingspan on a 6'1 and a half person's like otherworldly. Okay, that's about as long of a wingspan as you can get. Um, he also has 10, 10 and a quarter inch hands. I mean, so this is a kid who is, he, he's not even close. Uh, and he, here's the video. Uh, he set a new school record last week for Hightower, 24, seven and a half, Bobby. That means you're hitting 25 as a junior. I mean, that's a big, look at those arms. That is a big number in track meet too. Now that's, that's 24, seven is, so Marquise Goodwin's world-class, right? Yes. What did he hit? 26 almost in high yep. school? Yeah. Um, but anything over 25 puts you in the state meet finals at the yeah. very least, if not winning it. And, and it puts you in elite class in Texas. Uh, uh, over the years, an elite class. I mean, Roy Williams was one of those guys. Yep. That's kind of who you're talking about. Just think we just said Marquise Goodwin, Roy Williams. All right, that's the uh, – that's the list you want to be in uh, as an athlete, especially long jumping. Um, but yeah, Cade, I think, is a te- big Texas lean over LSU. The news was he scheduled his official visit. So Texas offered him Sunday. Blake Gideon offered him. They had him at January 20, Junior Day. He had been to a game earlier in the season. Um, Texas didn't offer on that Junior Day. They came back and offered him Sunday, a week ago, Sunday. So now he's already had a he had a call with Steve Sarkeesian Monday. They set up the official visit yesterday on Tuesday for June 21st through 23rd. That will be the Texas big visit weekend. Because one thing we've been talking about was the possibility of the last weekend in June. But now with the change in the recruiting calendar, that's now the dead period starts, I believe, on the 24th. So the 21st through 23rd is Texas big visit weekend. So and we're starting to see some names. Um, we're starting to see some names that pop up that are, have that June 21st through 23rd weekend scheduled. Uh, Jackson Christian Port Natchez was one we broke it on Texas football. Uh, I believe Sunday we broke that one. So Kate Phillips, uh, Texas, I believe, leads LSU, uh, Texas A&M. He'll go visit Texas this spring, LSU this spring, probably back at A&M. Uh, but I like where Texas is at right now. I'm laughing at that comment from Jay Kennedy. He wants to know if you have a photographic memory. How do you remember everyone's stats, Jerry? Uh, It's it's good for the job and bad for relationships. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got to say. What kind of relationships, Jerry? What kind of relationships? (laughs) I I want to add this. One of the things that I think is important about Cade Phillips, too, Jerry, that we, we haven't talked enough about is breaking through in the Missouri City Fort Bend area for Texas. Yeah. They haven't really done that of late. That would be a big, that would be getting maybe the number one prospect from that area would be big for Texas this year. 
Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, go down the list of players Texas assigned from Hightower. I'll wait a while. I think the last one may have been DJ Augustine in basketball. Yep. Okay, that worked out pretty well, by the way. Um, so, but uh, DJ was originally New Orleans kid, um, and then he, he Katrina evacuated Houston. Else, he wouldn't have gone the High Tower. Uh, so, to your point, Ridge Point, High Tower, and Fort Bend Marshall, which I watched take out my friends with Mustangs, forty-eight, forty-six on a buzzer beater last night. After I got back from Dallas, that was a tough one, man. Tough one. I don't. Uh, somebody put their whistles away for about two minutes in that game. But, um, but Fort Bend Marshall, really good athletes over there. Tremendous in track, okay? Ridge Point, all that TJ Ford, Sean Rogers, in Duque Kalu, a lot of the retired pro athletes that stayed in the Houston area, they all live back in Siena Plantation. That feeds in the Ridge Point High School. Uh, so, you know, Sean Rogers' daughter is a junior volleyball player at Ridge Point that's committed to SMU. Obviously, TJ son is Division I basketball player and Duque Kalu's son's at Baylor. They're all going to be D1 athletes. I mean, let's let's be real. It's on some level. Uh, but then High Tower High School as well. Those are the three schools that are really the producers right now. Um, and to your point, Bobby, it's it. I, this is an area that Texas has. They have always, I believe, underachieved, underevaluated in. And you could go back to Max Staff at the end, the last half of his tenure, and take it all the way down. And Bob, we've had many discussions about how many players have been missed out of that area. So, and, and I almost put Shadow Creek in that area too now because the growth down there on 288 Pearland pretty much Shadow Creek intersects that uh, high tower in those schools essentially. So, Texas has to be very competitive in that area because there's some high end talent in this class and in future classes. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you, Jerry. Uh, baseball team also won last night, uh, they uh, brought the bats beating St. John's. What was the final 15 to 4? 15, 15 to 3. 4. 15-4. Uh, St. John's, I don't know what how they even practice baseball in Manhattan, uh, if you've been up there before, but uh, they don't have they very must many. They have one heck of an indoor batting cage. Uh, they, they, <laughs> must, they must have it. It's probably also 30 degrees up there right now, too. So mm. uh, anyway, hey, before we get going to the next segment, I want to say thank you to our uh, sponsor of the Coffee and Football each and every Wednesday morning. Uh, it's our friend Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. If you've been injured in a wreck, uh, or in, have, have had a job, an injury on the job, anywhere where you think you might be due compensation, Adam and his firm focus on results. Uh, give him a call, 512-280-0800. That's 512-280-0800. Uh, Adam also has a thing where he gives a free consultation without any paperwork, anything like that. No, no uh, strings attached, just, just to see if, something that you might need to do uh, is uh, employ a lawyer. Uh, so that's LoweyLawFirm.com. Thanks, Adam, for your continued support of coffee and football. All right, guys. Well, we got to Zane, Zane Go Petty, I want to hit this real quick. Uh, I don't know about the Stony Point Westlake game. Uh, I know Stony, uh, Stony Point Brennan. Brennan's tremendous. Uh, they, they have the 220-26 guards. Um, who are very good basketball players, uh, Kingston Flemings being one of those. Uh, Stony Point's only loss this year remains Plano East, who absolutely thumped Allen last night. Plano East is sitting at 36-0, and headed to the regional tournament in 6A basketball. And Duncanville has been knocked out. They were very young this year. They'll be back. Um, but, yeah, Brennan from San Antonio uh, has a chance. They were at State last year and have a chance to go back this year. But Stony Point's going to be a tough out for people. They got a really good team. 
We got a couple of super chats we need to knock out real quick, guys. This first one from Cliff Beckman. He says, great work, fellas. Here's some money for Jerry's Jerky Fund for road trips. Keep up the great content. Thank you very much. Uh, we got some big ones coming up here in the uh, spring evaluation period. Yeah, you're going on the road for a little while, Jerry. You're not going to have that. You're not going to have that corner of your room as a background. You may have you may have the car for about a week. Exactly. <laughs> People love to see you in the car. We've had we've had many comments about that over the past couple of weeks. And then Steve Cap says hypothetical. And by the way, thank you, Steve. Hypothetical: Would Sark have started Sam or Shane? Wow. Here's what I I, I saw that question earlier, and here's what I think. This is my opinion. Shane would have fit the scheme, and he, and the initial lean would have been that way, but Sam would have ended up winning the job. I, I, you know, I, I agree with that. I, I agree with that because as much as to your point, I think Shane's a better thrower of the football, but when things collapse around uh, you in the pocket, Shane was, Shane just couldn't get away from it. And frankly, when he first got there, there was the offensive line was not very good for the long. Exactly. And yeah. so it was, you know, kill or be killed at that quarterback position. And, and I think, it, it, you know, not unlike, I'm frankly, not unlike Hudson Card versus Casey Thompson, right? Hudson yeah. Card was a better thrower of the football than Casey Thompson. But Sark ended up going with Casey Thompson because he could avoid the rush a little bit better. Even though Hudson's a plenty fine athlete at that point in time, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it is what it is. Uh, hey, I want to mention this also. We got something fun coming up this weekend. On Sunday night, instead of our regular live stream, uh, we're going to be doing a uh, what I would call a game show of sorts where, Blake, I believe you're going to be the host. Is that correct? I am. I saw a sneak peek yesterday. I can't say a word to either one of you about it, but it's going to be fun. Okay. Well, it's going to be a game <laughs> show where myself, Rod, and Jerry Hamilton are given questions. Some of them are uh, Longhorn-related they're all Longhorn related, but some of them are trivia questions. Some of them are about the team, uh, but it's going to be something. We're going to try something a little new. We have a friend of ours, Chris Chan, who owns a company uh, that is uh, does this, has done it with other video uh, products around the country. Uh, and we're going to see what it looks like and have a little fun. It's a pilot. So we want you guys to join us. This is a promo for it right now, Sunday night at seven. Uh, Jerry, you don't even know about it yet. I, this so. is the first I've heard of it. Yes, you, you're we're keeping, so I can win. That's what it is, by the way. I want to win. <laughs> well, so I, I will say about it until then. I, I will say, you know, like I said, I, 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 I didn't get Blake, to see Blake, 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 I'm Bobby. If I beat you, you have to read Manscaped. Oh, I like it. UT boy, <laughs> somebody brought that. Douglas Scott, thank you. Yeah. I but like not if it. I lose to Rod. <laughs> I, only, only if you beat me. Only if you beat me. Hey, hey, I've got a perfect lead in when it's time for Manscaped today. Texas went up to Lubbock, and what did they do to the Red Raiders, baby? <laughs> Jerry, go for it. Go for Manscaped. Go for it now. <laughs> All right, guys, it's that time. 2024 is here in full swing, especially in Lubbock last night, and that means it's time for a New Year's resolution check-in with our friends at Manscaped. Newsflash, it's never too late to level up your grooming game. 
and keep your bush tame. Manscaped's new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're going for a trim or that clean-shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, now is your time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use on Texas all caps for 20% off plus free shipping. The ball is dropped, but don't drop the ball on your balls. You see what happened in Lubbock last night. If you do that, you get manscaped. <laughs> Brock Cunningham dropped an elbow in a in a hip check into that the Lubbock or that player from Lubbock last night uh, that started a what could have been a, a riot in uh, uh, the arena there. Uh, but the, the Longhorns prevail, 81-69. Um, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about, too, uh, is uh, CJ went and saw Tiki Hala, the Bastrop uh, defensive lineman yesterday, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds like Texas has done – he's a 2026 defensive lineman. And it sounds to me like Texas is well out in front and has done a magnificent job of early recruiting. Johnny Nansen, uh, the defense or the linebacker coach at the University of Texas, has Polynesian roots. Tiki Hall also has Polynesian roots, and apparently they really kind of hit it off and struck up a good relationship. Uh, so that's one to watch there uh, for the Longhorns. And then tell us, Jerry, there's a 2027 quarterback at Bastrop as well. Uh, here's here's the quote from Tiki Hall: Coach Sark is a great coach, but he is more than a coach. He is a great person in general. He genuinely tries to get to know you. Uh, yes. That clearly is about a six foot four, six foot five guy there, Jerry. You know, you know what's you know what stinks for Tiki is uh, he's a uh, nil dream at a Tiki bar, but he won't be able to do it till he's twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he can't. I mean, like, is that not is that not great? But yeah, there's a young quarterback, uh, Nielsen, uh, over at Bastrop that he's got a number of Power Five offers. Oregon was the first to offer him. CJ Vogel and I talked about this on Recruiting Breakdown yesterday. Uh, if you haven't watched that, you can go watch that. We have all the recruiting news. But what's so interesting about that, Oregon being the first to offer him, is Will Stein's the OC uh, at Oregon. Obviously played at Lake Travis, coached at Lake Travis before he went to uh, UTSA and worked for Jeff Trailer. eventually became the OC and then up to Oregon. But that means if you're offer that early at Oregon on a 27 quarterback, that means all your coaching buddies and all the guys you grew up with and know that coach in that area say, hey, man, this dude's got it. You better get on him early. So that kind of speaks to the level of talent. I know Texas Tech's offered. I believe Cal, some others have offered him as well. I might be a little off on that offer list. Um, but uh, there you go. Uh, Weston Nielsen, um, Oregon, Texas Tech, Miami, Baylor, uh, plenty of others. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you look there, he's got a strong build for a young kid too. Um, that That's the thing about him is uh, he's impressive throw, throwing the football, passing the football at a young age, but he's also – not void of some definition in terms of his body and his frame. Uh, so, you know, that's that's what, a, a you know, pe- for people that never – and I'm not comparing him as a player, but I'm saying, like, Arch Manning in high school had that definition. And I say that because you knew he could carry 220 pounds one day well. You know, he had that muscle definition, that ability to add weight to his frame, good muscle weight to his frame on a quarterback frame at a young age. Uh, Weston Nielsen's got that similar frame. So he's a kid that's uh, he's going to have the size and and he absolutely has the hand size. And 
he can absolutely uh, make all the throws, as Steve Sarkeesian likes to to say. So guys that can make all the throws, will Texas will give them uh, extend, extensive evaluations. All right, guys, we got more questions here and plenty of time to get your questions in. So please do so, and we'll get to as many as we can. But since we're talking about recruiting, let's do some more recruiting questions. And we'll start with this one from Antoine. He says, does the Chris Gilbert Lancaster connection help with the Emmanuel Choice recruitment if Texas makes a push for him? Yeah, yeah I think I mean, I think it would. Uh, but um, again, to me, it's like I, I don't look at this and say guys are going to start committing because and it's not a knock. It's just the, NIL's different game, man. I mean, in, in recruiting now, it helps you. It helps keep the door open. It helps get your foot in the door if you need it. Um, the relationships are still important. They're not the end-all, be-all uh, like they once were in recruiting, in my estimation. But it, it definitely helps with any kids along uh, I-20 in Dallas. And that's all you can hope for. And, and I think one of the things I thought was great about Sark and Jeff Banks, uh, who was Jeff Banks' idea uh, when they got there to hire Chris Gilbert um, to, to get DFW kickstarted because it was so bad um, from the previous regime, uh, is, is that it was a good – counter i'm telling you i was just up in dfw texas a&m is really trying uh under elko uh, to get a stronger footprint in dfw in this 25 26 class so it was a really good counter move whether it was meant to be or not it's going to turn out that way hey jerry uh big receiver emmanuel choice got lancaster's you just went and saw khalif lockett yesterday as well uh young man out of uh, uh, Saxy and Garland. What did you think of him, and and what did you learn from them? From yeah, from that? Yeah, point? I'll have more on on TexasFootball.com later. But the, uh, you know, my takeaway from spending half an hour, um, I spent an hour at Saxy. Coach Red Barons. He coached Devin Duvernay. Great guy. One of the great guys in Texas high school football. Um, we had Devin in the Under Armour game when I was ESPN Under Armour. Kalik Lockett may have the biggest hands I've ever seen on our six one or six one and a half receiver. Uh, 10 and a quarter, 10 and a half inch hands. Like, I, I, I was just shocked at how big his hands were. Um, uh, so that is, uh, you're normally, you, when you normally look at wide receivers, you're hoping they have nine and a half inch hands, right? I mean, you're talking about 10 and a quarter, 10 and a half inch hands. I mean, that is, that is going to be, that's uber impressive with his length uh, and his body control in college coaches. When they come to meet him in person like they did in January or have him in camp, and start doing all the measurables. When they see that hand size, they're going to be like, "Whoa!" You don't see many receivers with that hand size. So I, he he passes. He's interesting because he's a real streamlined kid. Really, he's built like the receivers that Steve Sarkeesian likes, right, Bobby? That narrow waisted kid that's kind of built really sleek, uh, more than muscular. Um, but he's got all that length. He's got uh, that hand size. Um, and if you talk to uh, the, uh, the Saxy staff and they, they just rave about his body control, and it shows up on tape. That is his strength, um, it is how he uh, how he can play the ball in the air. Uh, and he's very elite at that. Um, and, look, he'll, I, I think he'll officially visit Texas. I think he's going to come in April 6th. I think Texas is right there in the fight. Um, Ohio State, Ryan Day and Brian Hartline came through in January to see him. Sarkeesian, obviously. Uh, came through to see him and Chris Jackson and Tashard Choice was on that one uh, visit as well. But yeah, you know, Brian Kelly, Hankton. I mean, uh, you 
you know, you go down the list, Lincoln Riley. I mean, everybody came through. When we talk about the head coaches that come through. That says something, and that's exactly uh, what's happened with Khalid Lockett's uh, recruitment. Mike Elko, he visited A&M uh, January 13th for Junior Day. Uh, so I, I think that April 6th visit will be big. I think Texas in a pretty good spot there. We'll see what happens. Uh, Cotton says uh, uh, Red Barons was my high school coach, but a funny guy. Always love spending time with him. Hey, let me ask you this, Jerry. I counted nine offers for wide receivers in state. Okay. Texas is not prepared to take nine wide receivers, right? Not They've got to be creating or going toward some level of, uh, you know, demarcation of who they really want uh, versus who they're going to push for versus who they want to see more of, et cetera, right? Yeah. Outside of DK Moore, DeCorian Moore right now, do you know if Texas is definitive yet? I mean, have they gotten to that point or are you waiting to see? That's that's part one of my question. The second part, who are some of the real names from out of state that you think really deserve mention? And the three that I've got for out of state, just I, I kind of looked ahead. Caleb Cunningham out of Mississippi, but he may be going elsewhere. Yeah. Marcus Harris out of modern day, right? Who we know Texas has in there. And then Jamie French out of Jacksonville, Florida, who's one of the nation's top players, but has already got a visit set to Texas. Yeah. Are there so any other out of state guys that you want to add to that mix right now? Well, the way I look at it is look, it, it, April 6th is the uh, big off offense recruiting weekend. That's when KJ Lacey's coming in. Well, Kelshawn Johnson and Kalik Lockett in state are coming in that weekend. Texas is trying to get the core in more in that weekend. I, I was told there's a decent chance. We'll see. And I'm not saying he's for sure coming in, but Texas is trying to get him in that weekend. And then Jamie French is in that weekend. So that's telling right there. Um, you know, Marcus Harris will come in for the spring game. Uh, Texas is going to have a Southern California footprint under Steve Sarkeesian. So do I see if Marcus Harris wants to go to end up at Texas at a modern day? Is Texas going to turn him down? They haven't done that to date. Um, so, but I, I think the the three in-state receivers to really watch um, are DK Moore, um, and Kalik Lockett, and Kelshawn Johnson uh, right now. And that and it's a loaded class of wide receivers. I mean, there's a plenty of talented guys, Andrew Marsh out there. Um, I mean, you just go down the list. Uh, there, there's a lot of talented receivers. Marsh has taken an unofficial visit March 25th to Texas. Uh, but again, that April 6th weekend, when you have Jamie French and you have Kelshawn Johnson and you have Kalik Lockett coming in and you're trying to get DeCorian Moore in that weekend, that pretty much says a lot, guys. Hey, real quick, before we go to the next recruiting question, I put a uh, link in the chat. And, you know, Bobby was talking about the game show a little bit ago, and I'm going to mention this a few times throughout the broadcast. But if you can go to that link and fill out that survey, it's for one of the segments of the game show. We need all the answers we can get from you guys and gals. Um, so please, please, please go to that link, and, and it should just take you about a minute, uh, a couple of Longhorn-related questions. We would definitely appreciate your input on that. So, all right, this next one uh, is from Naaman Roberts, and he says, hey, Jerry, my son attends Fort Bend Marshall, and they are loaded in track and football. Are there oh, yeah. recruits that play both sports that Texas is looking at and Atascocita High School as well? Yeah, uh, for sure. That's a great question, Naaman. Um, Isaiah Williams is a 2026 uh, safety, and he was at January 20th, Junior Day. 
And I'm just here to tell you the way I explain him to people that ask me, hey, tell me about this Isaiah Williams kid. I say, well, this is the best thing I can say. He looks like the guys Georgia and Alabama have been playing with for a decade. I mean, he looks like that guy physically, and he moves like that guy. Um, he's in track this spring, which he's not going to be on their main relay, te relay teams. Was it, I mean, like if you're on the four by one at Fort Bend Marshall, I mean, yeah. you're kind of you're kind of a freak show fast, right? I mean, they almost broke a long-standing national record last year. Uh, but Isaiah Williams being in track, he's got that at about six one and a half, six foot one, 195 pounds of sophomore. He has that first step, just that explosion right out of a break you're just like whoa okay that kid moves different at that size then you see him physically i don't know what to say other than he looks like the dudes that georgia and alabama have been playing with and those guys all get are pretty good um then there's caleb chester corner uh 2025 kid really good cover corner great feet he's got power five offers he was at texas junior day where does he stack up texas is offered like the corner up at Quartz Hill, which is one of the coolest high school names up in Lancaster, California. Adonis Curry, Texas offered him two nights ago, a Sark after dark offer. Um, so where, where does he sit on that corner board? I think those guys are going to be evaluated uh, like Caleb Chester in the spring by Terry Joseph, Blake Gideon, who recruits that school. Uh, then there's Noriel Dominguez. Now, this isn't a track guy um, that you'll hear on the track, but he's 6'2", about 225, plays inside linebacker. Uh, 2026 kid. He's he will he's probably going to visit Texas in March with a seven on seven team around the tournament. Uh, but he's a guy that uh, Texas and a lot of others have offered. Uh, very good player. So him and Isaiah Williams in that 26 class are two of the best defensive prospects in Houston area and the state of Texas. Uh, Tascasita, they're going to have more guys, and I don't know about their freshmen going to be sophomores yet there. Which uh, Tascasita is always going to have talent, um, but. You know, I, I know I think they're 26 class. I'm not they're gonna have two or three D1 guys. I'm not sure if there's anybody that's gonna be Texas level yet in that class, but they have they have a number of FBS players. So if you go watch a Tasca C the next year, you're gonna see a number of FBS players. Now, what they may not have, a Tasca has had a run of offensive linemen that you know, you go back to Cosme, then you go to uh, Green, Kenyon Green, then you go to Cam Dewberry, now Nate Kibble. Um, obviously signed with Texas. Atascacita's had, of all the schools in the Houston area, they've had more large humans playing on the offensive line um, than maybe any other school in the Houston area that were like power five recruits. So I'm not sure where they're at with their young offensive line guys. All right, somebody asked how big a hands did Roy Williams have? I mean, if he didn't have 10-inch hands, I'd be shocked. Let's look it up his combine if they had that. <laughs> Bobby. Speaking of the combine, combine starts tomorrow, and it begins with defensive linemen and linebackers. Um, and so it starts around 2 o'clock. That means that Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, and Jalen Ford all, all going to be going live tomorrow, uh, and that will be carried on the NFL Network. Uh, that starts at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, so uh, be interested to see how that how that goes uh, for the Longhorns. 11 Longhorns total invited. Yep. So, so Thursday, Thursday uh, defensive line linebackers, Friday defensive backs, which was Ryan Watts, as well as tight ends, uh, which will be uh, Jatavian Sanders, obviously. Yeah. Or Texas has four guys going Thursday and Friday, or five guys going between Thursday and Friday. 
Uh, we're going to move on to the next question here, and it's a super uh, chat. Roy Williams, nine and an eighth-inch hand. So that's how big Kalik Lockett's hands are, guys. I mean, look, I, so I, I'm a big hand size guy because – so I was at um, – when I was doing national stuff, I was out at uh, University of Georgia for a camp one year, and I was watching Mike Bobo measure kids' hands. And I was like, hey, Mike, I want to know, like, how big are my hands? And I was nine and five-eighths in, inch hands. So I have pretty big hands. So I always throw my hands up against guys just to see, right? Especially quarterbacks. And Kalik Lockett's hands, when I just put my hand up against his, it was, I was just kind of taken aback, honestly. Like, you don't see that out of wide receivers. All right, this next super chat is from Jason Trimble. Thank you, Jason. He says, call your shot. Who are the four wide receivers we end up with? Putting you on the spot. Well, I, there's not a twig short enough and uh, for me to jump out on that one yet. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the NIL conversations haven't begun in this class truly yet. Now, maybe they are with the new ruling. Maybe maybe they are, uh, but they hadn't um, as about a week and, week and a half ago. So, look, I think Texas, a lot will be the – who do they truly, truly push for? Is number going to be two? Is number going to be three in this class? There's decisions that will have to be made. Um, but look, I, I can tell you if the rel if the red carpets rolled out in April and June, if Kelshawn Johnson ended up at Texas, I'd be shocked. I'll say that. And I think the community of Hitchcock would be as well. Um, you know, I think Texas has a really good shot at Khalil Lockett in state as well. Texas will recruit Decorian more through the whistle. You get kid of that talent, you don't you don't walk away from the out of state kids. I mean, look. I think Texas can get Marcus Harris again if they push for him. Jamie French, total wild card. He was an Alabama commitment. Most people in that Jacksonville, uh, that Florida panhandle area think FSU has become the team to beat right now, but we'll see where it goes. He has never been – we'll see. He's visiting Texas April 6th. We'll find out after that visit if Texas is going to be a real player. Jerry, what about Taz Williams and Andrew Marsh? I wanted to ask you about those two. You know, I, I think uh, – you know, I, I both very, very good players. Um, you know, with Taz, it's top end speed. I think he's a that's going to be colleges are making decisions there. Um, and I think he's a very good player, runs really good routes, trains with uh margin hooks. That kid puts in the work. Uh, he's got plenty of power five stuff going on, right? I mean, uh, the question is, where does he fall on the Texas board? And look, these boards can change a little bit in the spring heading the June official visits because that's the one thing. Yeah, we know about Sarkeesian. They're going to go evaluate these kids again one more time in the spring evaluation period. If you don't, you're not doing your job, and Texas is doing their job in recruiting. Hey, Bobby, I know you had an NIL update, I believe, that you wanted yeah. to share with folks. I'm going to let yeah. you do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's look, I mean, I wanted to know where Texas – Jerry just mentioned the NIL discussions haven't started. So, I did some uh, recon yesterday. I've also got an a interview coming up with uh, someone on Thursday that I, I'm not saying who it is yet, but uh, it, that's going to be part of the topic of conversation will be NIL. But my, my point uh, that I want to make here is Texas right now is still in a wait and see mode and waiting for an opinion from general counsel on what they're going to do and what it all, what the new ruling all means. However, that doesn't mean things aren't going on the back, going on on the back end so that when they get that ruling, they're they're ready to go in the direction they want to go in. I, it was re, reiterated to me that Texas's coaches are going to do the recruiting and Texas coaches are going to do the scholarship offer. They're not going to, you know, abdicate that uh, role to anyone at any point in time. 
that doesn't mean they won't be able to work hand in hand uh, with folks on along the way. Uh, but uh, right now, Texas waiting for uh, some information to come back from lawyers to make sure they're they're not going to get caught in some kind of legal pickle about what they do. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to comment on that. So uh, in a school visit last week in the Houston area, uh, a prospect told me he, you know, he brought up NIL um, with uh, with the schools recruiting him. And I kind of, you know, I asked him, was it going to report on it? You know, what guys said. And um, he, Steve Sarkeesian said, I want, told the kid, I want you to fall in love with the idea of playing at Texas and the culture at Texas and wanting to be a Longhorn. And if, if that happens, then, you know, get, we get to the rest. So to my point is, it, it, this is such a slippery slope for programs who are really doing well right now. You can't, you have to protect your culture that you've built at all costs. If you're being, if you're successful in what you're doing. Um, I, I was, uh, spoke with a, a power five assistant coach when I was on the road yesterday and we were talking about, you know, the new ruling, I don't know if it's ruling or whatever you want to call it, but, uh, he kind of agreed with me that it's going to accelerate the process for some kids. So patience in recruiting is going to be tested. And by and this is kind of what I was getting at when Bobby and I did the show about it, when we were talking about it, is if you if you let's just say defensive line, because it's such a high value target position. Say you have 13 guys for three or four spots that you truly think are the guys you want to go after. Well, the, the schools right below you, if you're a Texas or, um, you know, Ohio State in that realm, um, the schools right that know, okay, there's 10, 11, and 12 on their board, more than likely. They, they're going to try to go in and knock those kids out quick. They're going to try to accelerate that process. And that's going to, that what that'll do, I think is going to shrink if you had th- started with 13, you're probably going to end up with 10. And it's so the whole idea uh, yeah. is market economics of scarcity, yeah. right? Uh, people are competing for scarce goods, yeah. uh, so to speak. Uh, so I, I think that's uh, very, very interesting, Jerry, because I, I just personally like Sark's approach. You talked about Agreed. it with that young man you were mentioning and how, look, first comes – do you want to play at Texas? That's the big thing. What does it mean to you to play at Texas? And then let's talk about NIL. But I, before, if you, you don't want to put the cart before the horse, no. because the minute you do that is the minute Sark risks losing the culture that he's That's created right. in the first round. Right. No doubt, 100%. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Jerry, earlier you are talking about hand size and it brought up a whole lot of questions on how ah. exactly are they measured? And uh, we got at least three or four people asking how, how do they measure them? Can you give some insight on that? Yeah, well, mine was measured pinky, pinky to thumb. Yep. Is how mine was measured. I think that's how they do it for the NFL draft, too. Yeah. Um, tip of the pinky, tip of the thumb. All right. Now, people do arm length differently and wingspan differently. Well, let's go through that, Bobby. So I'm a bit, I always say wingspan, like when we talk about it, if I have a number, uh, whether it's on, on TexasFootball.com or here um, or on social media, I always say wingspan because here's the deal. Like a lot, sometimes you go to these camps um, and they just, they measure a wingspan, right? Versus an arm length. Um, but there's a differentiator there with an offensive lineman. Um, I, I can tell you every college these guys go to, they're measuring the arm length versus the wingspan. Okay. The wingspan for the defensive line guys, offensive line guys, arm length. Makes sense. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. All right, so now y'all know. Okay, so we'll take a couple more recruiting questions, then we'll go over to some team ones. And Horn for Life says, if Texas could get any player they wanted, is there enough talent in state for them to not go outside of state lines? Oh, always. But the the problem always has been that way at Texas. The problem is you're never going to get all of the ones you want. Um, and I say this all the time. Georgia's on top of the college football world right now, and they've only signed three and four out of the top ten of the state in three the last three classes. Of Georgia, at of Georgia, state of Georgia. Georgia, when they're winning, when they're winning, th- what thirty eight to thirty nine games. I mean, they may get five this year. Uh, there's so many great D linemen. I'm not sure how they don't get five of the top ten this year. But even think about that. If the, if your best year when you're the dominant program and you're the only program in your state now. You're surrounded by Clemson, Alabama, FSU, everybody. Everybody's coming in the recruit Atlanta area, kind of like DFW with Texas. If you get three, four out of the top ten in the state, you're doing really well in a, in a big states like Florida, Texas, California right now. Um, so, yes, there is, but you're never going to get them all. Matt Brown came as close, Bobby, as I've ever seen to getting all of them. And I, and I, and I still remember how frustrated Bob Stoops was over the Selvin Young recruitment going over to Jersey Village because, I mean, Texas, he had annihilated Texas on the field. And Selvin Young still eh, I'm going to, I'm going to Texas. I mean, Matt came as close as I've ever seen to getting all of them, and still he didn't because a lot of early evaluations, by the way. Guys, just uh, Selvin Young is a great guy. Uh, for those that don't know, Selvin lives in the Houston area still, and he is a business owner. And uh, for those of you guys who remember me, he's on the national championship team at Texas, obviously. Uh, same recruiting class as Vince Young. Uh, he now owns and operates a business that provides trucks to food trucks. So if you're a food truck vendor, it's a there's a chance that Selvin Young sold you your food truck. Uh, he is one of the larger ones in the, the city of Houston and the state of Texas. That's a lot. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. I mean, that, they, you always wonder what are, what are guys doing with their lives now, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's great for Selvin that he's he's uh, been very successful in that regard. 
Uh, fellas, he only free only 93 says who's still on the big board for choice other than Jordan Davidson. Is they still going after Barry? Yeah. I mean, you can continue to recruit Harlem Barry, but that's, you know, that kid's always look, I went to see him during a season and it was very evident talking to him that LSU was where he wanted to be. Um, and it, it came down to uh, LSU, Texas and Florida, Florida at the time, because Jabbar Jaluk and Corey Raymond, Jabbar Jaluk's an uncle. Uh, of Harlem Barry. So Florida was in it. Um, but with the season they had, they really weren't at the end. Uh, but I just, I, that's one kid that I'd be surprised. I mean, LSU would have to fall on their face for him not to go to LSU. I just think that's where he's always wanted to go. Um, you know, Ricky Stewart's very interesting at, at Chapel Hill. He'll be in Austin April 6th weekend. Again, let, you know, you start naming the guys that are coming in April 6th weekend. You're talking about KJ Lacey, Jamie French, Kelshawn Johnson. Uh, Kalik Lockett, Ricky Stewart, you get the picture here, right? I mean, those are guys that you know Texas really, really likes um, in this 25 class. So uh, Ricky Stewart's one to watch there for me. Uh, I think Texas has a healthy lead. Again, if, if if they roll out the red carpet the rest of the way, that's one I'll be surprised if he's not at Texas. And then uh, Colton follows that up with, who would you compare Davidson to? Bobby, you know, I compared him to a little less violent version of Christian Clark. Violent meaning cut. He's bigger. He's bigger. He's bigger. Yeah. There, but I, I but I think he's more developed because he's at modern day physically. I think when it's all said and done, both those kids will be 5'11, 220. I think 215, 220. Um, but I think they're very good, similar. And Davison fits the, the inside zone scheme at Texas. I mean, he's a strong between the tackles runner with good vision good patience, good feet in the hole. Uh, I compare him to Christian Clark with a little less violence in the cut. All right, let's jump over to some team-related questions. And uh, we'll start with Captain Americano. He says, what are the chances Sark follows Shanahan's lead and delegates aspects of in-game management so he can focus more on play calling and big-picture decisions? I think he's done that actually guys like Joe DeCamillis was helping him last year at the end of games with calling timeouts. So he's done some of that already. Right. Um, I don't think he's against all of it. I think there are certain things that remain, remain what I would call sacrosanct to him. He ain't giving up play call. He's not going to do it. Um, so I, I feel like that is part of it. I think some other issues or other things that you want to look at or think about, as it relates to that is, you know, he's he just had a very successful year. What, what do you want? What more do you want him to do? Can you recall a time? The only time I would say what I, I would think to myself, did they make the right decision near the end of the game was the OU game. Because they had the ball could run out the clock. You know what I mean? And so that was the only time where I felt like, mm, did they really not use the clock correctly? And you had times like Washington where they, they manipulated the clock beautifully, you know, to their advantage. So I, I don't know. I don't know about that. And it's not just – I will say this. Kyle Shanahan, uh, Sean McVay is speaking at their coaches clinic. I don't. I, we mentioned that about a week or two ago. But the, the Rams head coach, another West Coast offense guy, Jerry, just like Shanahan, uh, coming to speak at Texas. Shanahan spoke at Texas last year. In the, at the same event, now McVeigh this year. I think it's clear that uh, uh, that uh, Steve Sarkeesian wants to continue to connect 
with those West Coast offensive guys. And that's what's happening. Uh, before we get on to some player and position group related questions, Bobby, I'm going to let you tell folks out there about Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Adam is a good friend of the program. Each and every Wednesday, Coffee and Football, football bought, brought to you by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, Adam and his firm focus on results for their clients. If you've been injured in a wreck, uh, truck, motorcycle, RAV, ATV, RV, what have you, uh, give Adam and his firm a shout, 512-280-0800, or reach them at lowylawfirm.com for a free consultation that's completely free just to reach out to them. Again, 512-280-0800. Adam, thank you very much for your sponsorship of Coffee and Football. Okay, and I am putting that link in the comments once again, or in the chat, I guess I should say. Again, please go over there and answer those questions if you have time to do so. So it'll go towards the uh, the Sunday game night that we're doing right here on On Texas Football. It's going to be a lot of fun, but we definitely need y'all's input. So please go answer those questions. It won't take long at all. Yeah, what that one segment is going to strictly be based on what, what people put in those responses. Like family to you. Try to do this. Jerry's laughing because Jerry's just learning about this, that he's going to be on display. On <laughs> anyway. Breaking news to Jerry. Are we talking about famous uh, singers from Kentwood, Louisiana? Is that one of the questions? <laughs> That's from yesterday. Thank goodness. <laughs> Okay, King Me wants to know who's going to be Texas a one thousand yard rusher in twenty four. Uh, unpopular opinion because everybody's in love with Jaden Blue, but I'm going Cedric Baxter. Same. I, I just think that his physicality is going to win out, especially in the SEC. And then this next question here comes from Horn7, and he says, combined catches for the tight ends this year. What number would you put on that? What wow. was the total number last year, Blake? JT Sanders and Helm combined. 60-ish, 65-ish? I don't even think it was that high. Helm had 15 to 18, I think, and Sanders was at 45. I'm looking right now. He, Yeah, 45 for Sanders. You are correct, Bobby. Yeah. And then Gunner Helm was uh, 14. 59. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll take the under on that. I'm going to say like 56, 57, but maybe, maybe more yards. It's going to be similar. But you're going to have more down the field plays this year, even than last year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say over. I think Nye, Nye Black and, and Helm. I, I just think that Sark, as many receiver weapons as he has, yeah, he still is not. He's not gonna just go four wide all the time. You know, he's not gonna just ob obliterate the the tight ends. No. I, I think, that, and I think Helm is better this year. I think Nye Black is a little bit more of a stretch the field guy yeah which also fits more of what sark likes to do and what quinn likes to do to be honest quinn loves the mid-range i mean you get guys 15 to 20 yards and quinn, quinn loves that so I, I i'm gonna go more i'm actually gonna go more and that's gonna be maybe maybe different than what most people would think i, I believe given that they're losing jt sanders and then Phil wants to know, how many games do you think Arch appears in this year? Over, under, 
five. It's a good number. That's a good question. I, I'm going to say I'm, over. I'm taking over. Yep. And I, by the way, we're not starting a quarterback controversy. Today. Yeah. Okay. But we're saying three non, you know, maybe if you get up, right? But I also think this, um, and Quinn's got to stay healthy. I mean, he hasn't had a season where he's missed, hadn't missed games. Um, so, but the other thing, I do think there's going to be a little bit this year of wanting to get Arch a little, a series in some games where you may not be expecting it just to really get him prepared for next year. And then our next question, going back to the running backs, William A. Jones says, do you think Blue could get 500 rushing yards and 500 receiving yards? I don't see 500 receiving yards. Too many weapons. Um, that that would uh, – I mean, you're talking about him having 40 catches, 35, 35 40 catches. So you're getting in that three catches a game. I, I could see – I could see – I could see 500 rushing and 400 receiving. 500 receiving is a big number for a running back with a lot of Look, weapons. I'm cheating. <laughs> I'm cheating right now because I'm looking at stats from last year. And, you know, Brooks had 25 for 286 last year, right? Blue had 14 for 135. Elon Robinson had eight for 56. Cedric Baxter, Jerry, had 24 for 156. So, Brooks and Baxter combined had 49. Yeah. For just over or for just under 500. Yeah. Um I, I don't see Blue alone doing 500 receiving. I do think he'll hit 500 rushing. Yeah. I would be surprised. He had 398 this year in rushing. So I think he's going to hit the the over in the rushing category. The receiving would be the under for me. And then we'll jump back to wide receivers. Corey J says, is Parker Livingstone a 4-3 guy? I saw that he had good track times in high school. I was asking because on Twitter yesterday, I saw a lot of people say he has legit speed, which was my first time hearing that. I mean, he does have legit speed. But he does have he's a 400-meter guy, but it's not 4-3. No. That doesn't translate. It's more like 4-5 legit, 4-5-5, which for a guy that's as big as him is legit speed. People overestimate all the time. They think everybody runs 4-4 or 4-3 when, in reality, most of them run 4-5 or better. But he has good speed for for his size. And then, I, We need to go back. Before we keep going on questions, yeah. uh, we just need to say this. Uh, I, I want to reiterate for a lot, because we've got a lot of people join us. Uh, Texas Tech beat Texas, all right, Texas beat Texas Tech 81-69 last night. Fifth quad one win for the Longhorns. Uh, it pretty much assures that they're going to make the NCAA tournament because this was not a game that they thought necessarily they would win. Texas now 18 and 10 on the year. Uh, big win for the Longhorns. Texas baseball also beat St. John's yesterday. They moved to seven and one. Uh, and then Cade Phillips, a defensive back out of uh, uh, Fort Bend, Missouri City area, has set up an official visit. Jerry broke that news yesterday uh, to the University of Texas for the June 21st weekend. Yeah, so the uh, for basketball, I mean, I, I put a story on, on texasfootball.com about this. 
the, I, I threw the three scenarios out there, but that's kind of where we're at. Uh, but you, the scenarios going in the Big 12 tournament don't, I, you can't really get in those yet. So the last, the three scenarios for Texas basketball right now with three games left was, um, you know, your win, your win two of three scenario, you're probably a seven, eight seed. If they win two of three, if they win their home games, Oklahoma State Saturday, then they go big Monday at uh, Baylor and they come back for OU. Uh, if they beat Oklahoma State, who's played a little better uh, l- lately, and then they beat Oklahoma, you know, then you're you're at a, you're sitting there at 20 wins. You hit the 20 win mark, you're probably on that seven eight seed line headed into uh, the Big 12 tournament. Um, if you go one and two in the last two, that means you dropped a home game uh, again, and then you're sitting on that nine ten seed. The only if they go zero and three to end, which I don't think they will. And then they're going to go to the NIT because that would be a bad unless they make a run in the Big Ten or Big Twelve tournament because that would be a bad way to end the regular season. That won't happen. Uh, but for people saying, okay, can can Texas can run the table here at the end? They haven't won more than two Big Twelve games in a row this season. One, it's an extremely tough league. Nine teams right now are projected to be in the tournament, which would be a record uh, for any conference, I believe. Uh, but it's a it's such a tough league this year. That would mean Texas would win four games in a row with road games at Tech and at Baylor. Um, if that happens, then that'd be a hell of a way to finish the regular season, but it probably won't. Well, we need to bring up what happened during the game, too, for those people that weren't on with us at the very outset. I mean, Texas Tech fans were completely classless. No other way to say it. Throwing stuff on the floor. Got double uh, technical. Received, yeah, received a technical for it. Uh, bottles of liquor. You know, little airplane bottles getting thrown on the floor, water bottles uh, after a, a flagrant foul by Brock Cunningham, who did hip check a guy into the front row. He got his parting shot in. Yeah, he definitely said goodbye to Lubbock. Yes. They took him out of the game for it. Um, but uh, the, the long and short of it, that was a big win for Texas uh, from not only that, that positioning standpoint that we're talking about with the NCAA tournament, but also to say goodbye to Lubbock the right way uh, after uh, decades of. Uh, being, you know, we Texas never had a goalpost run up them like A and M did, right. right? But still, Tech fans have been less than classy through the years. Let's all just put well, it you go, well, you go back to when the A and M former player got punched in the face in the stands. Was that one of the McKinney brothers? That was the dad. The dad, the dad. of the McKinney brothers. Yeah, punched so, in the face in the stands in Lubbock. Did y'all hear what the what they were chanting last night when Max got hurt? I can't we say love it on your here. mark. We love your mark. Yeah, that's the, yeah, something like that, Jerry. <laughs> you'll have to you'll have to go. I can't I can't tell you what they were chanting while we're on the air since this is a family friendly show. But you have to go look it up on Twitter. Yeah, this. I mean, goodbye. See ya. Have fun, Tech. I mean, not not trying to be rude to the folks in Lubbock, uh, but. Just uh, yeah, Brock is a savage. That was very much his dad. By the way, is from the Panhandle. Played at Fritch, Stanford Fritch. Uh, hey, by, by the way, uh, last thing on basketball for this complete roller coaster of a season with some uh, butt whippings involved in it this year, which are uh, ugly losses. Texas has five quad one wins. There's only 14 teams in college basketball with more in college basketball, and one of those is not a Power Five conference team. And they have four road wins in the Big 12. So it's been a roller coaster of all roller coasters this season. But the goods have the good has been pretty good for Texas. The bad has just been extremely ugly where fans say no chance this team makes the tournament. 
All right, Joe, we got time for just one or two more questions. And we got a super chat that just came in from Benjamin. I want to thank him. He says, good morning from Oklahoma. Who's our next Jordan Whittington? Kendall Weaver, if he wants to play football. <laughs> he has been the star that's uh, the straw that stirs the drink a little bit, Adney. Yeah. Um, you know, I there's a piece of me that wants to 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 say, I know this is gonna sound weird, but I think it's Gunner Helm. He's not, he's, he's more of that utility guy. Um, not necessarily a stretch the field guy, but kind of, you know, does the, the little things that you want to see. Um, and I know that's not the same position. That's not that wide receiver position, but that's kind of who I see it as a, as on offense, at least. And I don't really then... have one on that. I think that's going to be a he's a tough guy to replace. So I I need some I need spring football to come up with something on we that. We need one. to see who's the willing blocker on the outside. Yeah. That's what we really need to see. I mean, how willing a blocker is Amari Nyblack? How willing a blocker is Isaiah Bond? Let me tell you something. If the young players that play the position at Texas didn't watch Whittington last year and gain something from that on how to help their career outside of just catching a football then they just weren't paying attention. Uh, this will be the last question today, fellas, and we'll stay on the wide receiver uh, front here. As uh, Isaiah Stewart asks, who do you think Quinn will develop the most chemistry with? Jerry, I'm going to let you take that one because I think you may have a little bit of insight here. Yeah, you know, it, I, I think uh, I think he's got good chemistry with, with uh, Jonte right now. Um, I, I think Isaiah Bond, obviously, um, and, you know, Matthew Golden. I think Matthew Golden, you know, Bobby said he, Quinn loves that intermediate game, right? And I think Matthew Golden is going and is going to be an intermediate game winner on this team next year, in in, in a big way. Uh, so I think Matthew Golden is definitely going to be one. All right, y'all. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of Coffee and Football presented by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. We want to thank them for sponsoring along with Manscaped. Again, one last time, please uh, go to that link that we put in the chat. And I'll also post it over on ontexasfootball.com as well. But uh, fill out that survey. We could definitely use your answers for the game show on Sunday. And we'll see if Jerry beats Bobby. So Bobby has to read that Manscaped ad next week, <laughs> which something you've all been asking for. So right, hey guys, if you're, if you're in this chat, I'm going to kick Bobby so he has to read Manscaped. Yeah, I'm going to study like I've never studied before, and I don't even know what I'm studying for. <laughs> I'm going to lock myself in a room for 48 hours and prepare for this so Bobby has to read the Manscaped ad. You know, I, I will football, say. Texas football and recruiting trivia is going to be the, the topic. So good luck. Good luck on this stuff, Jerry. We're going to go <laughs> I'm out. I'm going to put X-Lax in Bobby's coffee, and he's going <laughs> to not really think, and I'm going to take him down. Oh, man. So as I was going through a lot of the stuff yesterday, there, there were certain times I thought, man, Bobby's going to be really good at this part. Man, Jerry's going to be really good at this part. So it's going to be pretty even. And Rod, we got the Rod in the mix. Rod may come in and kick both of us. Oh, no, no. Tail. You keep Tech Mobile out of this, Blake. <laughs> Oh, we'll have to see what happens. That'll be on Sunday night again. Please fill out the survey, and uh, we'll see if Bobby has to end up reading the Manscaped ad. But thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for the Super Chats. Again, thanks to our sponsors. 
And uh, head on over to ontexasfootball.com to further all the discussions we had today, plus a whole lot more going on over there. Bobby and Jerry already posting good stuff this morning, and uh, CJ as well. So do not miss out on that. And if you haven't already, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. We would definitely appreciate it. And ring the bell so you're notified anytime and every time we post a video or go live like we are right now. So for Bobby and Jerry, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Hook them. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.